Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Well, welcome to those who are online. We want to welcome you here. Thanks for joining us today. And for those in the room, you can grab your seats. We're going to get ready for the word today. I brought some uh, pull buttons. These are always fun. I'm going to need some volunteers later. It might be a bit dangerous. Um, So hang in there. We're going to have some fun together today. We're going to pray, then we're going to dive into the Word. Are you ready for the Word today? Did you enjoy the worship this morning? Yeah? Come on. Let's pursue Him. Pursue Him. You know, when, when we worship Him, the Scripture says, when, you, when, we, when we pursue God, James 4, 8, draw near to God, He draws near to us. And we put our attention on Him and we say, God, here I am. God comes by His Spirit and changes me. Amen. Do I need that? <laughs> do we all need that? Do we need His transformational power? So it's the beauty of being in the room, and if you're watching online, sorry you missed that, encourage you to check out some cool YouTube worship clips, there's plenty on the internet that can um, bless you. We're going to pray, then we're going to dive into the Word. Father, thank you for this day, for this moment in time. Beginning of April, a new month in the year 2022, and Father, we want to honour you today with our lives. We want to thank you that you love us, that you gave your Son for us. And as we come to the Word now, Lord, that you would remind me of what I prepared, equip me for this task. And give, give us all online, those in the room, ears and hearts to hear from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm 44 now. I know, it's, I'm, I know I don't look it, of course. When I was, thank you, thank you, thank you. When I was uh, 25 years of age, I was part of another church, and I was invited to an event here at this, this church. Um, I wasn't part of this church at the time, I was invited here. And when I came, I, I met the pastor of this church, a guy named Paul. And Paul did some incredible things in my life. Um, Paul invested in me. He saw potential in me. He spoke life into me. He spoke encouragement into me. He saw things that no one else saw. And he pulled stuff out, encouraged me, invited me into his world. And I don't think I'd be doing what I am now without that guy, a Christian leader who was a massive blessing in my life. I wonder if you've had an experience like that. I hope you have. I hope you've had a Christian who has been on the journey a bit longer than you come alongside you and invest in you. But the reality is, if, you, if, you, if you've been in church long enough, you will have experienced some leaders who have done it really, really well and leaders who have done it poorly and everything in between. At the same time, when I was 25 years of age, I was part of another church, and I was super involved in that church, involved in the youth ministry and the worship ministry, super involved, um, one of the key leaders in the, in the church, and I wanted the pastor at the time to invest in me. Um, I sat with him, and I asked him to invest in me, and he said he'd do it, but then he didn't do it. Um, I asked for regular meetings, and he wouldn't do that, and then I asked him to be involved in a number of things with youth ministry, and he agreed to it, but never did it. I went and sat with him again. Can we do this? He agreed to it, never did it. He agreed to it, never did it. Um, He was inconsistent. He was hard to approach. Um, He was really, really difficult. And in life, and if you do church long enough, you'll experience both leaders. You'll experience leaders who speak life and value and do it really well, and leaders that do it poorly, and in between, because even the leaders that do it well get it wrong sometimes, pretty regularly, actually. (laughs) I think I do it pretty well, but I get it wrong pretty regularly as well. 
I wonder what sort of um, experience you've had with, with our Christian leaders. But it's not just Christians who are leaders. We have, obviously, leaders in the workplace. And we can experience um, different types of leadership. When I was a high school teacher, I was a high school music teacher for nine years, and I had a head teacher named Andy Munns. He was a Christian, went to Hillsong Church, and he was awesome. He would care for us, speak life into us, gave us freedom, but also support when, I, when we needed it. He was great. But the principal of the school was the total opposite. Um, only picked out our failing, never gave us any encouragement, always found fault, and just not a great leader. Also true, I coached soccer in the Bankstown area for 11 years. And as a soccer coach, not as a soccer coach, did I say coach or referee? What did I say? Start again. As a referee, I, I, I refereed soccer in Bankstown for 11 years. Yeah, more of a laugh for that one. And mostly it was a really good experience, most of the time. And there was a, one guy named Ron Delacour. He was the appointment secretary when I first started out. And he was awesome. He would get alongside me. He put me with older referees so that I'd be cared for, looked after. He'd ring me, how did it go? He'd be there if I had any questions. He was awesome. And then as, as it got closer to the end, there was a new president put in who was unpredictable, unapproachable. You didn't know what you were going to get. And I'm like, I'm going to stay away from that guy. In every situation, in sporting organizations, in churches, in businesses, in schools, you have leaders that do it well, and we have leaders that, 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 that do it poorly. So the question I want to ask you today is, what is leadership supposed to look like? What is Christian leadership? What's, what is leadership supposed to look like? And I want to answer that question by going back to our text. This is now our fourth week in, in, in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse, um, verse 7 and following, Paul talks to the, to the people of Thessalonica as the Christian leader. And he talked about how he treated the people that, that, that he was leading. And as we read this text, we see six things that Paul did that we can glean about what does a great Christian leader look like. But before we go to the text, um, you might think to yourself, well, how's this message got anything to do with me? Um, I'm not in a leadership role, so I might as well just go home or fall asleep, or if you're at home, sitting on the couch, press, press, like, turn the TV off now. But I want to challenge you to reframe your thinking of what leadership is, because um, there's a guy named John Maxwell who is an awesome leader, he's a Christian guy, and he says, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. You don't have to have a title to be a leader, because leadership is simply influence. If we think of leadership as influence, well, we all influence people in different areas of our lives. You don't have to be the pastor or the teacher or the boss to be an influencer. You can influence people through every part of your life. Now, to, to, to help you understand the reality of this, we're going to have some fun. It could be a bit dangerous, so apologies already if you get smacked in the head with one of these things. I'm really sorry. It doesn't hurt that much. So Joshy or Lukey, can we turn the house lights up a bit? And I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to choose some volunteers. So Joel and James, Phil, you guys are up. And who's, Kev, you're up. And Gavin and Donna, you guys are up. And I'm going to choose Michelle and Aiden. You guys are up. And um, Jackson and um, Cooper. I'm trying to pick people who are a bit not as uh, sensitive to damage. Um, Colin and Kerry DeMonfort. Um, Gramps and Annabelle, come on down. You guys are up. So what I want you guys to do is 
stand around the room. So I've deliberately, so with your partner, you need to hook arms with them. Josh, I'm going to jump off the platform. Josh, can you just make sure you don't feed back? Hold, get your finger on your thing. Hook up while that's perfect. And I want you to move around the room. So move that way, move that way. So spread out. And there are, so you guys are there. Stay there, you're perfect. Um, in the middle, come on, in the middle. You guys in here, you guys stay there. You guys at the front, come to the back. Kevin and Phil up here. Kevin and Phil, I'm over here, guys. Because you hear the microphone up here, right. So this is how it works. I need more volunteers. Um, who should I ask? Margaret, you're up. Come on, Margaret. And David Thomas, come on up. So Margaret, you got this, right? And your task is to smack Dave Thomas as hard as you can with that. Now, 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 now this is, this is an influence game. Now for David, he wants to, you don't want to get smacked, do you? Right, so you need to run away, and, and, and the way you get away is by running to a, a pair and hooking up. And if you hook up this side, you bump off that person. So let, let's do it slowly. Okay. You might want to take your shoes off. Oh, so let's just do it really slowly. Margaret's chasing David. David hooks up with Colin, and then you're running, and then you're chasing Kerry. Right? Now, if you hit her, so we, we, we want to see David get hit. So you guys hook up. All right, so David, go that way. And then, Margaret, if you hit David, you drop the baton. David picks up the baton and chases you. And then you hook up to someone, and then you bump him up. Is that clear? Ready? Dave, run. Go. Faster. Hit him. Run, Annabelle, run. Run. Come on, Margaret, hit him. Yeah, hook on, hook on. Kevin, run. That's it. Okay, drop the bat. Kevin, you chase Margaret. Aiden's running. This is the idea. Faster, come on, Kevin. Hook on. Got her. Change over. That wasn't hard. Run, Kevin, run. Hook on. Hook up to someone. Hook up to someone. Michelle, get her. Annabelle, get, get Michelle. Colin, got in. Drop the bat. You guys are not swinging, but you got hit. Colin, get back. Did you get hit? He's, Annabelle, hit him harder. Harder. Annabelle, run. Hit him harder. Colin, whack him harder. There's people. Oh, here it comes. Ah! Oh! Go on, Colin, faster. Fast game's a good game. Go, get him, get him. Oh, hit Justin. Run fast, Colin, he's going to whack you. <laughs> oh, Donna! <laughs> All right, 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds. Sorry, guys. Keep going, keep going. Chase, chase, chase. 10, 9, 8, 7... Six, five, four, three. Gone, James. Three. Got him. Drop the bat. Chase our James. Go. Aiden, hit him. No, go, go, go. This is fun. Go. Whack him. <laughs> All righty. That's enough. Well done, everyone. Grab your seats. Grab your seats. Grab your seats. Now, now, why did we do that exercise? Because we needed to get moving, no? Because you don't have to, you don't have, to have a title to be an influencer. You don't have to have a title to influence another person's behavior. None of those people had titles. They had a bat. And <laughs> they're like, run, I'm going to get you. And they're simply, that person with this was influencing the person they were chasing because the person didn't want to get hit. You don't have to have a title to influence someone. And so as we go through life, you can be a young person on, 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 um, on social media 
And you can influence the thinking. That's really dark. Not so dark. That's better. Thank you. You can influence the thinking of another young person on social media without having a title. You can be a young person in the schoolyard and influence the behavior of the, of the people around you. You could be a mum influencing other mums when you drop your kids off at school. You can um, share the message of Jesus with a friend. You can encourage someone at church. You can say, hey, can I pray for you? Without having a title, but you can influence the people around you. But it's also true with a title. If you're a teacher, you get to influence the kids. If you're a mum, you get to influence your children. You're a leader. You're an influencer over your kids. If you're a grandparent, you get to influence your grandkids. If you're a life group leader, kids leader, youth leader, you get to influence the people, the, the people that you're leading. It's a real privilege to influence. So we're about to read this text, as I said. Remember that? We're reading 1 Thessalonians, everyone. Um, but before we read the text, who's one person that you're influencing? Have a think about it. Could be, could be a child, could be in the workplace, could be in a social club, could be on social media, could be a friend. And as we read this text from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want you to think about this person. And as we look at these six things, I want you to ask, am I, am I doing these six things for this person? All right, let's read the text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul writes this to the church in Thessalonica. Remember, he goes there in Acts chapter 17. I think it is 17. He preaches the gospel. People get saved. He moves on because of persecution. And he's writing this letter back to the church in Thessalonica. He writes this. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a, as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Six things in this text I, I, I want to take you through. The first is this. Christian leaders... Christian influencers care. Whenever you see the word leader, don't get put off by that word. Think influencer. Just because you haven't got a title doesn't mean you can't be a leader. So think about that one person you're influencing. And the first thing you need to know, this is what Paul does. He says he cares for the people that he leads. Look at what it says in verse 7, the second part. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children. Think of that. A mom who's breastfeeding, caring for the kid, that's an all-in mom. Changing nappies, time, effort. Greatest love is mum to God's love to us, but other than that, a mum to a baby. Like, does it get any stronger than that? So that's how we, that's how we cared for you. And I reckon it would have been easy for the Apostle Paul, the the, the, the great preacher who's bringing the message to the Jews and the Gentiles across the the known world, to go. You know what? My job is to preach the word. Comes up in the platform, preaches the word, then goes and hides in the back room until the next weekend. Preaches the word, then goes and hides. No, he goes and spends time with the people. He hears about them. He finds out about their passions, their desires. He goes, how are you going? You know, as, as leaders in the workplace in different areas, we want to produce results, don't we? And are results important? Absolutely. 
without, if, if businesses are not growing, well, they're going backwards and then they've got to fire staff and the whole thing collapses. We want to see results. We want to help people move forward. But you know what? Who a person is, is more important than what they do. Hear that again. Who a person is, is more important than what they do. And we need to care more about the person and who they are, more important than what they do. So let's be leaders who care for people. Um, John Maxwell says this, um, people don't know how much you know. People say that again. People don't, should we care? I don't know why I wrote no. I wrote it wrong, everyone. It should say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'll say it again. There's a typo. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let's care for people. Now, when I uh, meet with my team of leaders, um, when I meet with them one-on-one, I, I uh, break our meetings into two. And, and I always start with, so how are you going? Um, how's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with your spouse, your kids? How, how's your mental health? How are you going physically? Because I want to care for them. And then I say, now let's talk about ministry. Really important that leaders care for the people they're leading. Number one, helpful? So are you caring for that person that you thought about? How? How are you caring for that person? Number two, Christian leaders share their lives. He writes, just the nursing mother cares for the children, so we care for you. Because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our, but our lives as well. You know, Christian leaders share their lives. Now, once upon a time, um, in the old days, old school leadership was, I'm the boss, I'm going to keep my distance, we're going to keep the personal out of it, we're just going to do the professional, and we're just going to talk about work, and there's this big gap between the boss and the employees. I remember when we did School of Leadership, Colin DeMoffat, you spoke about that, and that was the leadership that uh, you grew up in, that the boss is over here and the employees are over here. Today, things have changed. And employees want to know about their bosses. They want to be, know about their family and about their lives. They, they want to be close. Not like best friends close, but they want to be, know what's going on in their lives. And you know what? When you share your life with someone, meaning when things are going well, when things are struggling, you know what happens? Trust is built. And trust is like a currency. You can buy things with trust. You can ask for things with trust. When you have trust that lays a foundation as a leader, you ask them to do something that they say yes because they trust you. They know you want the best for them. One of the things I've done over the years as a pastor is being in a pastor's retreat group. And in my first one back in, I don't know, 10 years ago, it was at Stanmore Tops in a house. And there were these eight or nine pastors who I didn't know any of them and were there for three days together, two nights, three days. And... And the task was to tell your story. And you had a couple of hours to sit and to tell your story. At the beginning of those three days, no one knew anyone. But at the end of that, we were like best buddies because people shared their deepest stuff, their, their deepest pain, their, 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 their greatest joys. And because they shared, we, we shared our lives, we built trust. And we spent the next three years doing that and close, close, close relationships because we shared our lives with each other. So as you think about that person that you're influencing, how much of yourself do you share with them? They want to know about it. They want to know what's going on in you. I encourage you to share your life with them. Number three, Christian leaders share the gospel. Look what it says here again. We delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, 
but our lives as well. He says, we not only share with you the gospel of God. No, the, 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 the biggest difference between a Christian leader and any other leader is Christ and what Christ has done for us. Christians have got Christ in them. I love that. Christians. Christ, Christ in them. And, and what Christ has done for us, friends, is the greatest thing anyone could ever do for us. That God loved us so much that he gave Jesus to die on a cross and rise again. He loved me. He loved you in our wickedness, in our wrongdoing. And he came to rescue us, to save us, to give us a relationship with God, to give us eternal life. And as Christian leaders, God wants us to share the gospel with others. What is more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ? There's nothing. It is the message of life. Without it, there is eternal death. And as leaders, we must share it. Now, in some places in the workplace, it can be difficult to share the message of Jesus with people. Sometimes they have rules about what you can and you can't do. But there's some things that you can do to be clever. If someone says to you, how was your weekend? Hey, guess what you can tell them about? Well, on Sunday at church, this is what God did in my life. And then they might ask you another question. Or, what are you really passionate about? Oh, well, the, most thing, the thing I'm most passionate about in my life is my faith. What do you enjoy doing? I love hanging out with other Christians. So when people ask questions, there's opportunity for you to answer and lead them to that place where you can influence Christ, influence them for Jesus. Third thing, Christian leaders... Share the gospel. That's what Paul did in Thessalonica. And it's Christians as leaders, as influencers. That, that is num- the, one of the main things we should be doing. Number four, out of the six, number four, Christian leaders aren't a burden. Christian leaders shouldn't be a burden. Look what he writes here in verse 9. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. Now, when Paul writes he worked, he's talking about he had a job on the side. He didn't take money from the Thessalonians. Thessalonians, he didn't take money from them. He had a side job and preached, and so that he wouldn't be a burden to that community. And we can take that principle of not being a burden into our lives today. And we can ask, how do we treat those we're influencing? The kids, the spouse, or, or, or if you have a title as a leader... How are you treating them? Is, here's a great question to ask. Ask the person you're leading, is your life better with me in it? Ask the person you're leading, is your life better with me in it? You know, sometimes as leaders, we can put too much pressure on those we lead. We can give them too many tasks and not enough time to do it. As a leader, burdening them can feel like you continually telling them their faults and never celebrating their successes. Being a burden is never saying thank you. Giving all them, giving them all the tough jobs, jobs that you don't want to do yourself, oh, I'll give it to that person because I don't want to do it. Giving them responsibility without training, these are ways of being a burden to those you're leading. Christian leaders, we should not be a burden. We should speak life and encouragement and help them be the best that they can be. Number five, Christian leaders live like Christians. Look at this next verse, verse 10. Paul writes, You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. He's talking about his character there. And how, how, how often do we hear about the Christian leader who makes poor decisions? 
and, and, and what it does to that community. Around this area, we've had pastors that have left their wives, um, had affairs, stolen money, right on the list, not in this church, I don't think, anyway. But in, in, the, in, in the community, since I've, been, since I've been a pastor. And then we only needed to look on the news and see what's happening with Hillsong and Brian Houston. And I, let me say, I love Hillsong Church. They've been... They've influenced my life so much. Like, um, massive part of me is because of their influence. And all the stuff that's happened with Brian, I, one night I just wept. I was so sad because of the stuff that's being said and the things that he's done. And, and just the damage that's going to do to the Hillsong Church, but also the church. Just another Christian leader. And he is the, the largest name in Australia. Brian Houston would be the biggest name. Um, and he's made some poor choices over the years. And that has huge effects on the people they're leading. And you know what? You don't have to be a, a mega church pastor to have negative effects on the people you're leading. As a mom or as a dad, if you make poor choices, that has massive effects on your kids. If you're a life group leader and those people are in your life group and you're teaching them and you're praying with them and you're loving for them and you make poor choices... Man, that can really throw people off Christianity. As a pastor, I know that if I stuff this up, that's going to hurt you guys a lot. And when I say stuff it up, I'm not talking about mistakes that I make. make, I make mistakes every day. I'm talking about the big ones. That just destroys churches. And as influencers, as people are influencing, the person, think about that person again you're influencing. What sort of lifestyle are you living? What are you modeling to them? Are you trustworthy? Are you someone that they want to follow? Because leaders, which is the last point, um, leaders need to lead. Number six, Christian leaders lead. What I mean by that, look at what he writes here. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Paul uses some analogies. He uses mother and child. Here he uses father and children. And in verse 12, this is what he did. He Um, with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. One more time, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom. Friends, Christian leaders, you need to lead. Influences influence. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to have the title of a parent and not parent. It's easy to have the title of a teacher and not teach. It's easy to have the title manager in the workplace and not manage. Because title, it's nice in some way, but doesn't really mean anything. Because a title is something that's given to you, and then it's about you then taking that title and then choosing to lead and choosing to influence others. And how did Paul do it? He Verse 12, he encouraged them, he comforted them, and he urged them. Encouraged them, keep on going. Comforted them, got alongside them in the difficulty. And he urged them, come on, live this way. Act this way. Do these things. And as leaders, we need to be leading. We need to be influencing. So that person, that that one person again, how are you leading them? How are you encouraging them? What are you urging them to do? Where are you pointing them? In what direction? How are you giving them a nudge and encouragement? Come on, you can do it. Go do that. To help them be everything that God wants them to be. 
So as we come to the end of this message, I invite Shelley to come. Thanks, Shelley. There's six things. Christian leaders, number one, they care. They care. Number two, they share their lives. Number three, they share the gospel. Number four, they aren't a burden. Number five, they live like Christians. And number six, they lead, they influence. Actually, they just don't have a position to actually help the person be all that God wants them to be. If I asked you to pray for 30 seconds and sit with God with this, I want you to think about the person you're leading and then say, God, which one of these things do I need to do more of? Maybe it's more care. Maybe you need to share more of yourself. Have you shared the gospel with those you're leading? Are you a burden to them? Are you living like a Christian? Are you modeling what it is to be a Christian? And are you then influencing them to be all that God wants them to be? Take 30 seconds and pray, and then I'll close this in prayer. Take some time to pray. Thank you for the people around us. God, you've put us in organizations and in workplaces. You've put us in families. You've put us in schools. you put us in environments where there's other people. We don't need a title to influence them. We just need to influence. And so, the Father, we pray that we will be deliberate in influencing others that we would care for people, that we'll share our lives with them, that we'll be deliberate in sharing the gospel with those we're leading. We won't be a burden. We'll have a Christian lifestyle. We'll live like Christians. And Father, that we will lead, that we will be deliberate in influencing, encouraging, comforting, and urging people to live lives that honor you, God. Maybe you're here today and you've never committed your life to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online you've never committed your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity today. So if you want to commit your life to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Pray these words after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you pray that, you become a Christian. We want to help you in that journey. If you're online, I encourage you to click on the prayer box and someone will pray with you. Tell them you prayed that. But if you're in the room, Joel and James, if you're in the room, you guys are here. I encourage you to go to the Start He Desk and let someone know that you've prayed that prayer, someone who invited you, to, who invited you today. Let them know you prayed that prayer because it's the first step in the journey living a life that honors him all your days. Thanks for being part of it. We're going to say goodbye to those online. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. 
My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, uh, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.